0: Our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes Describing what it was like What happened And what it is like now Let's welcome tonight's speaker, David Thank you Um, It's a a privilege to be able to speak here Thank you Um, My name is David I'm a compulsive overeater and a food addict Hi David (laughs) Hi Um, I've been thinking about Kind of what to share, and I put together an outline, and I'll probably follow it to some degree. What I thought I would do is um, qualify, talk about how I see my program and how it works for me, um, talk about step six, because this is June, and step six has really been on my mind, because um, I've been in other meetings where it's where they've read around about step six so there's some things I wanted to talk about it. Um, I wanted to get current and um, kind of wrap it up after that. So I have been continuously in OA since 1996 so I just calculated that was 22 years which is like ridiculous. I don't usually think about it so the last time I thought about it was 20 years. So, um, it's, it's quite a while, and the good thing is I don't feel like I'm hanging on by my fingertips. I'm not counting the days. Um, I'm, I've been granted the grace that I can focus on my life. Um, and I'll share a little bit about my background. Um, for everyone in the room, and certainly, especially the newcomer, take what you like and leave the rest. This is one person's experience. Um, my experience, strength and hope, and that's all it is. So um, um, everyone, in my experience has their own program and needs to work their program with their concept of their higher power in the way that they see fit. So um, so I was born in a family where my mother was a compulsive overeater. My brother and sister are compulsive overeaters. Uh, my mother is also an alcoholic, was an alcoholic. My mother isn't around anymore. Um, and um, diets and being feeling like I was fat were just deeply ingrained in my experience from probably the time I was six years old or seven years old. Um, and uh, my brother, I think it's not quite 100 pounds overweight anymore. Uh, he's lost like 20 pounds, um, and my sister's overweight some, but the the struggle with food is always a struggle. Um, it wasn't until um, I found OA, and I found OA actually in 1977, and I was in it for a year. Um, and I experienced remarkable physical recovery, and I um, didn't work the steps. I treated it more like a diet program, and uh, but remarkable physical recovery, and I did get some emotional recovery too. Um, I never forgot the Serenity Prayer. Um, so, but it wasn't until you know almost twenty years later that I came back into OA. And I came back into OA because um, I had a family. I have a family at the time I was married um, to um, my ex-wife. And we had three kids. And my oldest daughter was, the family was in massive crisis. My oldest daughter was, um, I was afraid she was going to die of drug overdoses. And um, the family was just was in massive crisis. So we sent her away, and I'm talking kind of lackadaisically about it. Um, There's really a lot of emotion around it, but there's also a lot of healing around it um, through a lot of therapy and a lot of program work, a lot of program work. Um, So we sent her away to an emotional growth school, and then I decided that she wasn't the only one who needed some emotional growth. So uh, I went back to OA, and uh, my home meeting was the Sunday night meeting in San Francisco. I lived in Cupertino near San Jose, and I drove up every week for the OA meeting. Um, And I did that probably for 10 years, maybe 9 years, until I moved up here. But um, that was really important to me. And that meeting met in a Jewish gay synagogue, which was just perfect because I was in the process of... um, grappling more seriously with my sexuality. And I think the, the, the situation with my family, that in conju- conjunction with my sexual reawakening and starting to accept who I was created a tremendous crisis situation, but also a tremendous opportunity, a lot of brokenheartedness and a tremendous opportunity for, for me. And I took advantage of it. I found a sponsor. And I'm still friends, really good friends with the sponsor that I had then. I, she's not my sponsor anymore, but we're really good friends. And she was amazingly supportive. I mean, amazing. She just stayed with me as I came out, as I separated, as I started working the steps and really worked on lots of my feelings and lots of stuff. And um so I worked the steps with her. Um and I experienced about it's about right now it's probably around a seventy pound weight loss. So I'm not a century person and I am in awe of that and I'm not that. Um I have had some significant weight loss <coughs> and uh it's gone down five and up five, but I've pretty much been around that. Maybe up ten, actually, because I, I've had two relapses. Yeah, up ten. Um, I've had two relapses in 1996. The last relapse was probably, I don't know, 13 or 14 years ago. 14 years ago, I think. Um, and... Um, so, that's, so I, I qualify as a compulsive overeater, and the reason I call myself a compulsive overeater and a food addict is because in my experience, my program revolves around three things. It, there's a physical, a three-legged stool, the physical, the spiritual and the emotional. And um, on the physical side, I gone you know I went to an allergist and I've experimented with foods to see how the foods interacted. I interacted with the foods and it turns out that I'm physically addicted to certain foods. I get tremendous cravings when I eat them and I don't really understand the cravings and I don't think they really come, they're, they're, they're more physical. Um, so I don't eat the, these foods so it's made my program way easier I mean, in terms of sticking to my food plan way easier so there's a physical piece so my food plan is has been derived through working with my sponsor and some experimentation to minimize the physical cravings I feel however I still experience emotional cravings even to to this day it's not like you know I've worked the steps and so I'm home free that's not my experience some people I know it is really awesome I have no idea how it works for them to not experience any emotional, like, oh, I'm feeling really bad, I wanna eat, I wanna take the pain away, but I do sometimes. I don't um, partake in, it in a major way um, because I've had a couple relapses. In the last relapse, yeah, I gained weight, but that isn't the thing that I keep reminding myself. I don't have to remind myself too much. It was such a dark time I literally wanted to crawl out of my skin. All the feelings of self-loathing came back, big time, magnified. And I just don't want to go back there, it was so painful. So this is the easier, softer way for me hmm. to um, you know, follow my food guidelines, um, both physically and um, and by working the steps emotionally, and um, around the time of my last relapse, I was in a relationship, this is after I had divorced my wife, I was in a relationship with a man, I thought this was gonna be the relationship for the rest of my life, and it wasn't. And my heart just shattered. And um, I lost my abstinence then Actually not because I was binging, because I s- started restricting. Um, and, um, and I was restricting so I wouldn't feel. And it works a little bit. Not great, it's, it wasn't great, but it worked a little bit. Um, so I lost my absence, so I, changed my sponsor, I changed sponsors then. And I was able to work my program Regain my food, you know, go back on my food plan. Regain my um, abstaining behavior and feel a ton of feelings, which threw me down. I mean, there were were times I'd come home and I would just fall on the floor and cry. And I, I just felt like I was, my heart was so, it was so painful. And I also remember that part of me was saying, good, you're feeling your feelings. What a gift. And that was helping me make it through it, that I could actually feel b- what brokenheartedness felt like. And I had, my heart had never been quite that, it had never been broken like that. And it's not like I recommend a broken heart. <laughs> um, however, it did open me up more. And a broken heart is, um, this isn't my saying, but a broken heart is an open heart that can let light in and through program I was able to let more light in and I was able to grow and I was able to um, I got into another relationship it turns out I got in a relationship with who, my current husband and it ended after three months and I was broken-hearted again and but I wasn't shattered I knew I would be okay. This program taught me that I would be okay. I was not gonna die from a broken heart because I had um, steps and and tools and traditions and it gave me the promise that I could be as best as I can be. Um, And it, it worked. Not that I'm always best as I as best that I can be, but I'm way better. I'm way I'm using way more of my potential than I ever did when I was binging my head off, just night and day. Um, so. So, the the emotional part, which is working the steps. Is and this and and the spiritual part, which is working the steps, is really important to me. I I I very fortunate that the first time I went in the program, I didn't really believe in a higher power, and I didn't get it. And I thought this is not for me, even though I worked I worked um, a food plan. The second time when I came in in nineteen ninety six, I said, "Okay, I've got to come up with a higher power," and I did. And my higher power hasn't really changed that much and I feel my higher power. let's uh, you know, just say I feel my higher power. Um, so um, the spiritual aspects of the, the program are truly life changing and I feel really lucky to be in a community where I can go to a meeting once or twice a week where I can speak my truth and where people, where I do not feel judged and I feel loved. And that's you know in the in the in the quote real world out there it's not so common, not so common so um what I wanted to talk about um next is I wanted to read step six and then get current in terms of what's going on for me right now um, um, so I'll do that and I'm not going to read all of step six but, there, but I, I want to talk about it a little bit because there are some things which kind of bug me about it and step six you know, I've said is my favorite step but as I've heard it read this month, there were some things which really bugged me in the sense of I have questions and I don't really understand. So I wanted to just talk about those a little bit with you all, if you will indulge me. <laughs> um, so step six is we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Well, I like to think of habits which don't serve me any longer rather than defects of character. That's just the way I like to hear it. Um, and entirely ready and all these defects of character what that's my experience is not like i turn on a light switch and okay i'm entirely ready to have everything removed I'm every single thing removed it's great i just don't know how to do that what i do know how to do is work toward it so i um usually like the oa 12 by 12 reading it Um, But in this particular case, I was reading the AA 12 by 12 on step six, and it talked to me a little bit more than the OA 12 by 12 did. So I just wanted to read a few paragraphs. So so step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character, is AA's way of stating the best possible attitude one can take in order to make a beginning on this lifetime job. This does not mean that we expect all our character defects to be lifted out of us as the drive to drink was. A few of them may be, but with most of them, we shall have to be content with patient improvement. The key words, quote, entirely ready, unquote, underline the fact that we want to aim at the very best we know or can learn. That's really powerful to me. I don't have to do it all. Really, because... There, there's, there's an old pattern in me that unless you are perfect, you're um, effed up, right? You're worthless. You're a failure. And that's just a very old habit which doesn't serve me. It's still there. Um, <clears throat> many will, will at once ask, how can we accept the entire implication of step six? Why? That is perfection. Perfection. This sounds like a hard question, but practically speaking, it isn't. Only step one, where we made the 100% admission we were powerless over alcohol, can be practiced with absolute perfection. The remaining 11 steps state perfect ideals. They are goals toward which we look and the measuring sticks by which we estimate our progress. Seen in this light, step six is still difficult, but not at all impossible. The only urgent thing is that we make it a beginning and keep trying. So step six is basically doing with habits which don't serve us what we did around our compulsive overeating. Because we did not, I did not eat compulsively in a vacuum. I mean, one of the reasons I ate compulsively is to reduce my anxiety. Um, another reason I ate compulsively is because I had resentments toward people and this way I wouldn't feel them very much, they'd be buried. There's lots and lots of reasons. Okay. Um, and step six and step seven help us look at some of these other things that are going on in our life, emotional things or maybe spiritual things, so we can actually start addressing them the same way we dealt with our, with our compulsive eating behavior. So it's very hopeful. This is so much more than, a, than, a, than an eating disorder program. This is a life program. And that's my experience. It's not like something I aspire to and I haven't seen it. Oh my God, it's, it's amazing. So um, actually the, the rest, I'm not gonna read more of that. I'm gonna share what's going on for me. Um, so, um, this has been a really tough uh, eight or nine months, eight or nine months for me. Um, um, my situation at work, I'm working with some very difficult personalities, um, a couple of which work for me, and one of which accused me of harassment. Mm. And you know my identity is, you know, I'm a pretty nice guy, at least I think I am, but some people might dispute that. looks like more than some people. Um, and I was really surprised. It wasn't sexual harassment, but it was still harassment nonetheless. And, you know, um, and I worked with HR and this person, and the person eventually backed down from, from the claim. Um, but it was really painful. And I can say that, and I, and I was actually able to muster lots of compassion toward this person. I don't even know where it came from. It wasn't like, well, you really got to pray for this person. The person is an effing A blank blank. It's like <laughs> it just came. And I was going, okay, that's my program. I felt compassion through here. I had no idea that, it, that I would be, and I did. And it really helped me deal with the person. It helped me stay calm around the person. It helped me care about the person, even though the person was saying that I was harassing him. I know it sounds kind of weird, but that's my experience. And that helped me a lot through that period. And there are other things that have gone in at work. I mean, I had a really good, close relationship with a. I co run a, a co lead a department, and we were getting along great for four years, and now we're not getting along anymore. And it's like, ah, this person doesn't like me, and I really like the person, the person knows me, and he's rejected me, and it's like, It's like, it hurts. And I can feel my inner core, and I have guidelines I can adhere to based on my program, and I can ask for next right action. And I don't have to figure it all out, and I don't have to change this person, because I can't. I, I'm powerless to change this person. I'm powerless to, to change this person's thoughts. What I can do is, is, is make choices about how I act in the world in partnership with my higher power. I can't do it alone. No way. It's too scary. But I can do it with my higher power. I, can have, I have fear and my higher power helps me act so I have courage. Um, the the other thing that, that happened and is really oh my God. Um one of my daughters, um, um she's in her early thirties and um the doctor says she has a tumor. And it was looking like it was a cancerous tumor, a large tumor. And um it was really hard for me. And I prayed to show up. I prayed to have my hair power blow wind in my sails so she didn't have to take care of me so I could be there for her. That's total, total program. It allowed me to see outside of myself. Um, and um, it turns out she doesn't have cancer but she has a very significant tumor which may be interoperable and she wanted to get pregnant she may not be able to get pregnant it's a bunch of, it's hard stuff and I came I went down and visited her and her fiance a couple of weeks ago over a weekend and they included me in in their discussions it was like wow would I have done that with my folks NFW because <laughs> <laughs> my folks it was all about them and I consciously was asking questions, and I withheld opinions unless I was asked. They didn't need my opinions as much as they needed me to be there and listen and be a witness. And they said, after after I left, she told me, oh, wow, things changed for me after you were here. I felt calmer. Right what the heck? That wasn't me. That was my higher power. Um, so what this is relevant to step six because you know I'm thinking well, I'm not doing enough or I'm not perfect and these are old patterns and right now what I need to do is figure out what next right action is and from a planning horizon just do what's in front of me because I can't, I can't handle more right now. I can't handle more at work. There's too many things that are going on it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to be fired, but I don't really know. I don't know who's going to say what. I don't know what things are going to transpire. I work in a technology thing in a health company and have a lot of responsibility. I don't know who's going to hack us next. There's lots of lots of stuff that that can be going on. And And my daughter, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know... I can listen and I can let her know I love her. And that's program. So I think I'll the promises come true. Thank you.